0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We have a Monday rundown for you here on a Monday. Sean and I started talking golf, uh, wrapping up the PGA Tour season. Following that, we talked a little bit of NFL. After that, we talked baseball for like 10 seconds. We talked a little college football, BS for a little bit. So follow us on Twitter at sorry underscore sports, and enjoy the pod.
1: everybody and welcome back into the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We have what, Tom, I would probably say was our last little summer vacation with uh, not much content. But I gotta tell you, man, as I was writing up the notes for today's pod, I was getting giddy ready to talk to you. How the hell are you, man?
0: I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, I don't want summer to go away, but the dog days might be behind us. College football starting up. Unfortunately, golf's come to an end.
1: Yeah, it has. But uh, I gotta tell you, we still have... A little bit of storylines before a Ryder Cup in five weeks, but before we get into Victor Hovland's triumphs and everything else going on, how was uh how was the trip to Maine? Do you have a good time?
0: Oh, it was nice. And it's much cooler up there. If it wasn't so far away, I would definitely think about getting a summer place up there. It's just a little too far of a drive from here.
1: What part were you at? Kenny Bunk. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just What's like, that, southern. like
1: a four four and a half hour drive, three three and a half.
0: Uh, yeah, four to four and a half, unless you hit traffic, then it turns into six.
1: Oh yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but Hey man, we got to talk about Victor here. And I know we didn't get on the pod last week after his historic back nine, which honestly was reminiscent of some vintage tiger, the way he went through that shooting a 28. Um, but this has been pretty much without winning a major, one of the most impressive stretches of golf that we've seen.
0: Yeah, I think this is pretty much the only way you could just completely eliminate yourself from the 5 o'clock hater category altogether forever um, without winning a major. So, exciting stuff for Victor. Just surgical uh, on that back nine, breaking Max's course record from the day before. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of uh, last week just went ahead and took the championship. Uh, you had a nice week this week with a late... Late prediction on Friday, but I went ahead and took the championship from you last week.
1: And rightfully so. I mean, in our first year of this, yeah. I think you would have been a little salty if all of a sudden I start talking golf and, and beat you down. So I think the appropriate winner, but I'll I'll be back for redemption next year.
0: Yeah, you held your own. I mean, after, after this week with Victor winning it all, uh, we got an 18 to 15 point spread. So closer than I thought it was going to be. You made some runs there. And we I'll both think. picked picked our winners on the nose. I mean, yeah, you picked yours Friday, but still.
1: Hey, that's when you gave me the chance. Exactly. Uh, Got so, to so gotta play
0: what's it. in front of you.
1: Yeah, 100%. But um, where does this put Victor in terms of your thoughts for next year in, in the majors? Is this somebody who you're going to be looking to pounce right away with, with Augusta? Or do you still need to see a, a better performance? I know he's had... A couple really good runs at majors, but hasn't been able to capture one to this point. He is only 25.
0: Have to see what he does in the Ryder Cup. Not that team events really matter. And then we got to see what he does at the very beginning of the um, fall season. I don't even know what they're doing next year. I don't know what the plan is. Um, but I want to see what he has before next April when Augusta happens. But I, I think after the run that he had now if you don't win one major next year, I'm I'm a little disappointed.
1: You know, he's, his whole game has been refined now. I mean, his chipping is perfect. He's got so much conviction on his putts. Uh, His game is pretty complete. We know what kind of ball striker he is.
0: No doubt about it, which is another, you know, kind of reiterates my statement of why I expect him to win a major. Um, Unless he goes absolutely ice cold in the majors, I I think he's going to go out there and grab it and, He's already got the moxie to do it. I mean, Brooks just played better than a little bit better than him to win that PGA. But he he didn't fold at all, and he was right there in most of the majors this year and last year. So I I would be disappointed if he didn't win a major next year.
1: I would too. It seems like he's really entered his prime, and he even saw it yesterday, right? I mean, he has the he has the the very comfortable lead. But Shawley, to his credit, is, is making a charge, and he brought it down to his, as little as three strokes. But, I mean, Hovland just kept his foot on the gas pedal. He showed no signs of really letting up. And, you know, there's other players who we know, you know, they start to hear those footsteps, and, and maybe their confidence slips a little bit. That's not the case with him.
0: Now, he he slammed the door shut pretty early, um, early on Saturday, with the, with the scores that he was putting up on the weekend, and then it was all but his. Xander did a good job. Um, I don't think we officially put him in.
1: Do we officially put him in the five o'clock hitter club? I can't recall if we did, but based off his resume, I feel like he's, he's got to be there. Right. I mean, he, he's played well enough at times, but he, he just doesn't have that killer instinct.
0: All right. Send him the jacket. Screw it. Can't lay, get on it. Get to work. There we go. The captain of the
1: five o'clock hitters. Get on it.
0: Yep. Um, what do you think about the Ryder Cups? Uh, you sent me a tweet that I had already seen a little bit earlier today about um, who Zach Johnson is probably going to announce he's taking with his captain's picks um, with, who was it, um, JT, Ricky, Brooks, and uh, who was the other one that he picked?
1: Murakawa.
0: Morikawa. And then there would, and it
1: sounds like based off this tweet from No Laying up they were referenced the Guardian saying that uh Sam Burns will be the final pick. So no Cam Young.
0: Yeah, that's Honestly, is Lucas Glover in there? No. Nah, the way Lucas Glover's been playing, I take him over Cam Young and and um Sam Burns. I mean, I like those guys. I think they're better golfers than Lucas Glover right now. Uh, they hit the ball further and they're they're sexier names right now, but I think Glover's gonna win you more more matches. I just think he's a veteran golfer. He's got a major under his belt. I would have taken the hot hand right there, especially because he has completely changed his game since he put that new long putter in his bag.
1: Yeah, ever since he did that, he he's been one of the best players. And, you know, obviously he's gonna join Scotty uh, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantley, your boy, and Max Homa, and Xander as well. um Spieth. I, what, what are your biggest thoughts with Brooks and with JT? I mean, JT, based off his performance this year, really doesn't deserve it, in no. my opinion. But I can understand their point because he had success there most recently in, uh, in 2021. In Wisconsin. But also Brooks. Yeah, Brooks got his win obviously, on winning the PGA, but we haven't seen a whole hell of a lot of him. So what are your thoughts on those two guys?
0: I think Brooks proved everything with the PGA win. Uh, He had a lot of success at Aaron Hills as well. Back in, what was it, 2021, he was on that winning Ryder Cup team. So I fully expected Brooks to be on this team as long as things kind of settled down with Liv, which obviously with the alliance or whatever you want to call it, it did. I think Brooks has earned... Basically, until his prime is over, I think he's earned unlimited access to everything with that win at the PGA. Um, As for JT, he's just got an amazing record in Ryder Cups and one of the best records ever. He's basically, you know, our version of Sergio or of uh, Ian Poulter, where it's like, yeah, you know what? Even if he has a bad year, I still like him in match play, lightning in a bottle. And we got a better chance winning with him on our team than pretty much anybody else, no matter how he's playing. So I'm, I'm fine with it. It's not like they're trying to force something.
1: Yeah. I think this was probably the right collection of players. If this report does turn out to be confirmed um, at the end of the day, your match play is different. Um, you're going to have to kind of uh, just swallow the, the bad taste in your mouth from JT season this year and just hope that he's been getting in the lab and, can go out there and you know you see like a jimmy butler right where he's much better in the postseason than he is in the regular season he's a completely different player maybe you get that from jt going to play in his match play
0: yeah and i see i see jt making a big making a big play in this i don't know if it's going to be a match play in uh, alternate shot anything like that but i just i see him having some electricity and not being a complete zero he will make a positive impact on that team uh the euro team is young though they they have completely turned over the new guard uh just like the USA is trying to do so it's very interesting with all the guys that they have especially Victor right
1: Oh absolutely absolutely um is there anything else on the Ryder Cup I mean we're going to have a couple of weeks to to lead no. up into that um no. what do you think of the format with the FedEx Cup
0: I like it like I I said that on our most recent pod I believe I I like it for what it is I I don't think you know. I don't get the major feel out of it, but I do like you know the best players should have a chance to not make not miss the cut in the tournament, and it gets cut down. I think perfectly, um, and I don't think that the handicap system is too confusing. So I, I for the last tournament, like how who was it? Um, Scotty started at minus ten, Victor minus eight, and so on and so forth. I, I like that as well. So I, I think it's perfect for what it is. Let's just not try and pretend that it's the U.S. Open or something.
1: And that was going to be my next question is, do you think we ever get to a point where the PGA starts to try to hype this up into kind of like a fifth major?
0: No, because they first of all, they already have the PGA. And if they want to do anything for the – because the PGA championship is for both the the two sides of the PGA where it's the player's side and the coach's side, if you will. Um, but if they want to ever have something that's just players, then like I, we already talked about a couple weeks ago, they're just going to make the Players' Championship a major. I don't think they can make a three-week-long three, three week long tournament a major. I think it's going to be what it is, and the money will just keep going up.
1: So I had this thought, and then it, I kind of thought about it more after listening to the NLU guys today. Um, I think the PGA needs to lean a little bit more into the money aspect of this, where they're talking about it nonstop. Obviously, we know about the gambling and how much money's involved there. It feels like they want to talk about it a lot, but they they don't want to overdo it because they still want to make sure that these that the audience generally knows that these guys are doing it for glory and and and, and for the and for the prestige. But there's an eighteen million dollar purse for first place that Victor just got. I kind of wouldn't mind if there was a little ticker on the side in addition to their to their score showing how much money they're eligible to get, because particularly in a a situation like yesterday where Victor pretty much had that, it wasn't boring golf, but it was, you did the outcome was a foregone conclusion for a long time there. It would have been interesting to see the guys in that third place and fourth place and fifth place, seeing them toggle back and forth as to how much money they could lose with a missed putt and something like that. You know, Adam Shank, we saw his meltdown on 17. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I was thinking about it watching it and then, you know, listen to more thoughts on it today.
0: I love that. If you're gonna put up the playing through box, you can take up a little bit of room to put a number next to their name of how much money that they have. I'd also like to add career earnings in there because guys like Xander Shawley, I bet you he's made a lot more money than my guess and your guess because he's made the Chore Championship, the meaning the top thirty. Every single year of his career, so he's you know it'd be cool to look at that and be like, God damn, Xander's made a lot of money. He is a dog for the bag.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially for the general fan who's watching it, I'm like, okay, this is a playoff event. This is the third leg of it. Um, but I don't really know like, if I'm if I'm Rory. Is it okay if I just coast into third? Yeah, no big deal. And also I'm not their third place. You know, yeah,
0: and it'd be super cool, like you said, to be like, all right, that was a that was a two million dollar putt that. Uh, whatever uh, shank missed or whatever it was I don't remember the exact amount But that putt was for this much I'd I'd like to hear that in real time And then really lean into it
1: Absolutely I think we're pretty much there I think the old guard And I've, honestly we know CBS does a much better job than NBC But it's like hey if you're going to promote How much money the winners get in here And all on down the line It would be nice for the audience to follow along On the tracker too.
0: Yeah Let's uh let's just cross our fingers at NBC maybe they regroup after the season. I don't know. I just don't know how you could be all in on the Olympics and nothing else either. I I I feel like the Olympics every every time it comes around gets less and less important and it's only every 4 years and you're going to hitch your entire live sports brand to that? Who's running Comcast?
1: Well, they do have Sunday Night Football and that's the number one most watched show in the, in no, the Yeah, of
0: course. But like you got to Got to build off of that,
1: but even that pregame show sucks. You know, mm-hmm. like the they have like ten people that you're going to for game picks and fantasy and this analysis and this. It's like how are you fitting that many opinions into this to this show? You got people spread out all over the place.
0: Yeah, they need to do a better job in general. Um, all right, what's what's our next topic here?
1: Let's get into some NFL and the preseason is finally mercifully over. And Tom, you got your first look at Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform in a game situation as they beat the Giants. Five of eight, 47 yards, an absolute dime of a throw. Uh, what were your thoughts?
0: I'm excited. I mean, I'm a little concerned about that offensive line, and I've already said it, but as a Jets fan in the back of my mind, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop and this fantasy world to end, but... I mean, I'm I'm super excited. I'm about to go after we get off this podcast, I may rewatch all three episodes of Hard Knocks. Um I mean, I was telling my telling my cousin like not Will, another cousin, I was almost in tears when Aaron Rodgers called Garrett Wilson special. Like it's just the Jets don't don't do this. They just it's not like this.
1: I I was watching it for, you know, really just wanted to see the first two series cuz the Giants didn't play anybody and it really was just, I had a lot of flashbacks of watching Durant's first game with the Nets. Like, like, I can't believe this guy is playing in this jersey, and you hear the teammates just gush about him. And then you see him do something that we've seen him do for fucking 18 years, but he's doing it in your team's uniform now, man. And it's it's special.
0: Yep. Um, I think I think the defense, I don't want to overhype it, but it's definitely going to be a top three probably three defense this year, which is another reason why I'm confident as a Jets fan, because we don't have Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to put up forty two points. If he just manages the clock and and makes plays when we need him to, which might be one or two a game, I mean we're gonna be we're gonna be in every single game.
1: Yeah, you got Jermaine Johnson flying off the edge.
0: McDonald um, as well behind him and Carl yep. Lawson. This is the first time we've had an outside pass rush in, I feel like, a million years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, too, you know, <laughs> they're not going to be on the field nearly as long as they were last year, which is going to allow them to save some bullets for late in the fourth quarter.
0: Absolutely. On uh, your Giants, I, li- I like all the young guys that they have. Uh, I just think that they're going to be, whatever, I was listening to Simmons, their over-under is is so, it's unbelievable, really. It's one of the most wild over-unders I've seen in a long time. I'm smacking that over every, I think, I think the Giants are going to win nine to ten games this year, and their over-under is like seven and a half.
1: Yeah, it's a tough spot. I mean, I know we got our predictions coming up probably as soon as this weekend with Will, and I could see them in a situation where they played a lot of close games last year, and they won a good amount of them, so... They're going to be playing tougher competition this year. But overall, I just feel great about the direction of this team. I don't mean for that to be a cop-out. The, the, they have more talent than they did last year. Their defense is better. They acquired Isaiah Simmons, the former eighth overall pick in the 2020 draft, who was really not a good fit for whatever the fuck Arizona was doing. Yeah, but he gets and after he, it. Yeah, now he gets to come to the Giants and be just a playmaker. He's kind of positionless in that regard. He plays yeah. some safety, plays some linebacker, and Wink Martindale's going to have a field day with him.
0: He's just a motor. Uh, He's, he's a perfect player for, for that defensive coordinator and that defense. I think he's going to start playing like a first-rounder. I mean, he showed flashes, but I think he's going to be a lot more consistent on the Giants. Um, and I, I would just be very, very – quietly excited and just let the Jets do their thing and, and the Giants will come out. Because you know what? Yeah, they did win a lot of close games, but it wasn't a Vikings kind of close game where every week we were waiting for the other shoe to drop and everybody was fading the Vikings against the Giants in the playoffs last year because we knew it was fake. Giants are not fake. The coaching's not fake. I think that they're going to win the division this year. Ah, no, dude, not dude. win the division. Let me take that back. No, the they're not going to win gonna the win division. division. But they will finish second and get a wild card. I think they're going to be better than Dallas. Boom! Jonah. If you want okay. to segue in, I'll just give that's my preview to the preview. But okay. if you want to segue into our our Dallas chat here.
1: we I will. Just the last thing I want to say on the Giants. I, I, I love that point that you made comparing them to the Vikings because we've seen so many games in the NFL where teams lose games because of coaching and the Giants were on that side of the stick so often with fucking McAdoo and Shermer and Judge. But now they're on the right side of that with with Dable. you got Kafka. You've got Wink. The the continuity is back. So I feel really good about the fact that this team is going to be prepared and probably put themselves in good situations where hopefully the other team screws up as opposed to the Giants just going and grabbing the game by the throat. But, yeah, let's talk Dallas because I'm really excited about this topic.
0: Let's do it. So, yeah, just to cap off the Giants, they're never going to lose because their coaches are never going to lose because they're unprepared. They'll probably only lose to teams that are more talented than them. Um. All right, Dallas trades for Trey Lance, fourth rounder. I believe that's all they're giving up. I mean, I kind of wanted to have Will on today, but then I said, you know, we're going to be doing the season preview. Let's just get it in then. He's called me a million times probably.
1: He to texted ju- both of us.
0: Yeah, I just – I don't even know what to say to the kid. Um, You know, I can't talk football every second of every day. Um, And I wanted to save the juice for this. For me, first question is, you know, Dak – I don't think it affects Dak at all. If if things go well, super well this year, they'll just have wasted a fourth round pick and be totally fine with it. Sign Dak to an extension and ride off into the sunset. Maybe they, you know, maybe they, maybe they win one playoff game or two and they're happy. But you know, get them in a different situation. I think Trey Lance is toast after hearing Lombardi talk about him. Uh, I think it was a, a COVID screw up and barely played any games and. He's just – maybe he'll be mature enough to be an NFL quarterback when he gets to 30 and have the the football IQ, but by then you don't have the skill anymore. So it's just – I think I think it's going to pass him by, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, you look at this from a couple of different angles. One, I agree with you. I don't think this is putting any extra pressure on Dak, but Dak is feeling pressure from not only the fan base that wants them to do more than win one playoff game, uh, and also stop those boneheaded interceptions that we've talked about plenty. Uh, but there is now pressure from the owner slash GM who has appeared to love him and stand by him, and I don't care what anybody says, uh, you can find backups who are not possible replacements for your supposed franchise quarterback. Cooper Rush, I think, did a perfect job last year. There's plenty of those guys on the waiver wire. You traded because this guy also might be somebody you hope to catch lightning in the bottle if it doesn't work with Dak. And I'm wondering the worst case scenario for the Cowboys, Prescott, and, uh, and the whole organization in totality, Tom, is if he throws a bad interception that costs him a game or they're yep. struggling offensively. Every single radio station, podcast debate show fan in and around Dallas The Will Smith contingency (laughs) is going to be saying I want to see Trey Lance because Trey Lance is still in that weird spot where even though we believe he's not any good and the 49ers who had him in their building for three years specifically don't think he's very good where he couldn't even beat out your former baby boy for a backup job Dallas is in quarterback limbo and if you have two guys you don't have any and now Prescott better play well that's all I'm gonna say
0: yeah you're right. I I guess if you put it like that, I guess it really does add pressure to Dak. I don't think it adds pressure because because we both think Trey Lance sucks. going to feel it. Right. No, I think he's going to feel it. I, I I, have to agree with what you're saying there just because, you know, Jerry does things like this where he doesn't really think about personnel or whatnot, and he hasn't really done it since he fired um, Johnson. Well, um, on
1: that point, Tom, he didn't – it came out today. He said, I didn't consult McCarthy or Prescott when I made this trade. Oh, of course. I just did
0: it. No, that's Jerry Jones for you, and that's why I'm saying ever since he fired Jimmy Johnson, he made it about himself, and he's thrown chemistry and team building to the wind for talent, and he hasn't won a Super Bowl since. And you're right, I do think it will actually put pressure on Dak in that aspect where it's just like, even if Trey Lance sucks, he's a blue-chip prospect. Kyle Shanahan, quote-unquote, liked him. They traded up, and the Niners are a great organization, so... As a Cowboys fan, as Jerry Jones, you're naturally going to have that in the back of your mind. Like, let's play Trey. Let's play Trey. And honestly, I don't know why Will's getting so excited. He was such a Cooper Rush stan. I mean, that kind of puts him on the back burner now. I mean, maybe he'll be on a different team. So you just, you can't be flip-flopping like that. I thought Cooper Rush was your boy.
1: No, you can't. And also, I don't I don't want the excitement. Because even though he was down on Prescott when we did our quarterback tiers, there's no world where Trey Lance playing here is good. Cause if Trey Lance going-
0: is playing, that means either Dak Prescott got a season-ending injury, or has been so bad to the point where the Cowboys are probably, you know, a two-win team going into the third quarter of the season, and and you're just you're done. You're not. You're getting there you rid go. of Dak, and there that's you go. that's a brutal season. So no, I would not be clamoring for Dak at any point ever, or uh, for Trey Lance at any point ever.
1: No, not at all. And that's why I think the situation is so flammable and so classic. Like I saw that headline. I was just I just started chuckling because I'm like, this is great. This is already a situation where there's a little bit of tension. And now Jerry just made his quarterback a lame duck quarterback and he made his head coach a lame duck head coach by not consulting either of them about this decision. Say what you want about Trey Lance. We think he sucks. Clearly Shanahan and the Niners brass thinks he sucks. Um, A lot of scouts and evaluators thinks he sucks, but he was still a former number three overall draft pick that a team traded three first to get. And until we know through a pretty decent sample size that he sucks, you know, like Darnold's a backup now, right? Because we've seen Darnold in a couple different situations, which has proven that he's not – actually worth what we thought he was coming out of USC we don't know that about Lance yet
0: no we don't and also he's still on a rookie contract which is guaranteed and also your team didn't just invite him to camp on a free agent deal saying you know if you play well enough maybe you could make the practice squad he was traded still for a fourth round pick which is not completely nothing. It's not like it's a 7th round pick or like I said bringing him into training camp. So this guy's going to be around and clearly Dallas believes something in him.
1: Yep, absolutely. It's going to be fascinating, man. Um all I know is there's more drama in Dallas and I think that's advantageous for for my team. Um Jonathan Taylor looks like he's on his way out and it seems like the Dolphins are the team and all of the AFC East teams got better running backs. Uh, what do you think of this move, if and when it does indeed happen?
0: I hate it because I love it for the Dolphins. <laughs> that's what I think. I I don't know what they're going to trade for him. I don't really care. I mean, they've already mortgaged their future, I think, in a good way. It's just the only question about the Dolphins is, is Tua. That's it. You know, one more. That's the only thing that concerns me. But, hey, I think Mike White is a much better backup than – uh, unhealthy Teddy Bridgewater and who else, whoever else they had playing backup last year, whoever they started that playoff game with. So honestly, I think the Dolphins will still be good, even with um, even if Tua gets hurt.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, they obviously need more firepower on that team particularly in the backfield. Um, Was that sarcasm?
0: Because I think it should be sarcasm. Raheem Mostert, (laughs) when he's healthy, which is never, but is an incredibly explosive back. He's running faster times on the GPS than Tyree Kill.
1: I know, but he's not healthy very often. And the reason that I was going to finish my point is, you just saw the Jets get Dalvin Cook, who I think the Dolphins believed they were going to get. And you saw, even though Zeke isn't what he once was, you did see the Patriots bring him in, and you know they're going to use him well, as we talked about. So, if they can get Jonathan Taylor, one of the best backs in the league, um, to make their backfield as explosive as their wide receiving core, I think that that's a really good situation for Miami, and that just adds more and more talent to this loaded division.
0: Absolutely. I'm hoping it doesn't happen. I'm hoping a sleeper team swoops in at the last second, but...
1: But if that sleeper team is Philly, I'm gonna fucking lose it. I just oh, I love know that you right now. But I know you.
0: Philly's already got, Philly's already got um, the guy out of Detroit, and they have they a couple don't others. Stop though. Yeah, they I don't know.
1: stop. They just go they every Kenneth, big
0: game. They Kenneth Gainwell. They got a lot. I mean, yeah, true. They they have so much, so many blue chip players. They probably don't even need picks next year, so they might just give them all up if they haven't yet. Um, all right. Josh Jacobs back to the Raiders on a one-year deal. Good for him. I think the Raiders are going to suck. I just don't think they have enough talent. Um, When you cut a million first-round picks in a row, your team's usually not that good. Um, (laughs) Chris Jones is going to hold out with the Chiefs. This is interesting. Um, And I don't know. Maybe this is the year where I don't pick the Chiefs to win the division. I do something bold after last year, predicting them to win the Super Bowl, and they did. I don't know. Maybe.
1: I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's a big deal. I know people are trying to make it one. I think in the Chiefs' best case scenario, it's you know what, man. Fine. You want to take your time. You're not happy with us. You just train and you keep your body right. He said he would come back before the Week Nine game because you can get paid for eight. You can get paid for a full season by playing eight games. So if he does that, then oh, wow. Then you're, then you're fresh and uh, I didn't know they're that. Gonna... I know. I didn't either until I was listening more about this whole holdout. So once he came out and said eight games, I was like. Why is eight the magic number? Now we know why. But this is no big deal for them because they're gonna win their share of games and we know they have aspirations of playing in a February. So hey, if he's healthy, he gets right, they give him money that he thinks is good. Let's turn it on come come November. It's
0: they're, risky though.
1: It's
0: if risky. He gets hurt, if he gets hurt in game one, then you only played one game at a you know, and then you lose all that money. It's not guaranteed. But I guess if you play one more game than half the season, then then you played the whole season, huh?
1: I hear you. I, I think for him it's just a situation of he wants his money. He wants to be paid like he feels like he should. And Kansas City isn't ready to do that yet. But a couple tough losses early or you know, maybe giving up more points than they believe they should. You know, the season can make you do interesting things week to week basis. So That's for um, sure. That's what his agent's I believe saying. He'll be back. Yep.
0: All right, Baker got the starting job with the Bucks. Sick, <laughs> cool.
1: I just find it hilarious because I saw a bunch of retweets from NFL Network for the from the Tampa Bay like social media. It is hilarious how much they're trying to hype this up. It's like that guy's not going to be playing in Week Five.
0: Yeah, well, you got to do something to sell tickets after Brady leaves. Um, all right, we're going to move on to college football here very quickly, but very Sean, quickly. we can't we can't do this podcast as self-respecting big J professional journalists and not just talk about the Yankees for like 10 seconds, man, you didn't even put it in the notes.
1: I was going to do it at the very end when we, I <laughs> wanted to talk Otani's UCL. Oh, and, brutal. Uh, well, let's Bautista's just do it now. Injury. Let's just do it now. Fine. You, if you can, we've pushed college football to the side for eight months, nine months. We can do it again. Um, brutal injury for Otani and I really wonder what you think about how his market's going to be dictated by this because it sounds like a second uh Tommy John is coming
0: I mean for me I just think you know he's such an electric player and finally the world has really admitted including you and started to notice that he's the best most talented player on the planet we all know that um and I just think that the potential of being able to catch what he had pre this elbow injury in a bottle, even for a year is going to, I don't think it's really going to affect his market too much.
1: I disagree a little bit because even though the marketability is still there and you're still acquiring or signing a guy who's going to hit 50 to 60 bombs every year, Part of what does make him the most talented player in the game, which I've never denied, I said the most valuable, um, is the fact that he's, you know, you might be losing. Well, a yeah, pitcher. I guess
0: you could say he's, uh, I will admit, he's now not the most valuable player in baseball anymore because he's not the best pitcher in baseball anymore because his arm fell yeah, off.
1: He's now just another great offensive, prolific power hitter who you want, any team would want to put into the middle of their lineup. But uh, with speed. With speed, too. Uh, But, Tom, I got to tell you, though, man, I I think that this is really tough. You know, you see DeGrom getting a second Tommy John now. Nathan Navaldi has come back from both Tommy Johns and has been really good. This UCL isn't a guaranteed Tommy John either because, remember, Tanaka tore his a little bit, and he just kept pitching after rehab, Mm -hmm. and he never tore it. And he just didn't throw as hard, which is part of what makes – Otani, Otani, so it's yeah. so awesome as he throws a hundred. But I don't know. I could you be creative with him and make him a closer, like stuff like mm. that. I, I don't know.
0: You could. I, I'd have to see how the rehab goes, and I mean, he's probably shut down from the pitching side for the rest of the season, of course. Um, but the reason why I just think that that it's not going to affect his signing and whatnot is because I just think he's just such a general not even a generational talent, a talent of a lifetime, that one of the 32 teams, it, I think it opens up more teams to have the opportunity to sign him just because maybe the Dodgers and other teams will be a little more hesitant and he'll be more open to going other places. But it's st- there's going to be a bidding war for him. And I think a lot of teams that didn't think they could get him in the first place may jack up the price just because of this, actually.
1: I see that side of the argument. I actually... I. I looked at it a different way. I looked at it from the side of maybe as many teams won't covet him because they already have DH landlocked type players where, you know, if Otani is not giving you getting the ball once every five days, and we already know he doesn't play a position. Uh, now you know now that, he's only going to be a hitter.
0: You know that there's going to be a team that says even if there's a 10% chance that he can get back to what he was the last oh, yeah. season and a half, they're going to give him the money. That's the only thing I'm saying.
1: Well, that's why I'm wondering if his if his agent talks with him and talks about maybe maybe speeding up that recovery time. Let's say you know the Angels are obviously not making the playoffs yet again. Every every move they made failed at the deadline. Let's say that end of the season comes, you know, first weekend of October, and he decides he's going to get the second Tommy John, but he's going to prepare his rehab as if he's a closer, and he signs a deal to be a relief relief pitcher. From yep. there that that could be, you know, you might be getting him back now in a year as opposed to a year and a half.
0: Listen, it's it's that that kind of outside of the box thinking that I think needs to put us in contention for, you know, GM and you could be my assistant for the New York Yankees.
1: Listen, man, no offense, and you could be the CEO with basically everything. I'll take the I'll take the lead on that job.
0: Okay, fine. I'll let you be the <laughs> I'll let you be the I'll let you be the non Verbal face? How About that, you can make <laughs> all the decisions so behind the saying? scenes.
1: So, so, so we've been doing this podcast now for 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 five years. Mm-hmm. We're on episode three thirty seven. You don't want me to be verbal, so you think that little of my communicative skills. And no, that little of my talk. I think
0: that much of mine.
1: Ah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, you, you can make all the decisions. I mean, some of them. I'll have some things to say, but you know, if if anything needs to be talked about, it's going to go to me, right? Obviously.
1: Well, we'll see. We'll see how many (laughs) F-bombs you want to drop to every single part member, although you've been good today.
0: Yeah, Um, and forget about Cohen. I think I'd be like the people's champ if I started swearing up a storm.
1: Well, you would definitely be uh, a great sounding board for Yankee fans. Mm -hmm. They would appreciate that. Um, But no, man, I'm I'm interested to see what happens with Otani. I I really am. Another UCL injury that looks like it could be devastating for a playoff team because we know the Angels are not is Felix Bautista with the Orioles. I mean, that team's yeah. probably winning the division. I know they're only three games up on the Rays, but...
0: They're I screaming mean, at the top of their lungs, why couldn't this have happened at the trade deadline?
1: That's fucking brutal.
0: Yeah, it sucks. It does. But this shit happens every season, man. The 162 games is quite a marathon.
1: Well, we know that for sure. And I also feel really bad for for the Orioles in the sense of you know, Yoan Cano has not been as good as he was in the first half. They got the reliever, the Japanese reliever from Oakland, who has great stuff, but doesn't seem to have control all the time. I mean, Bautista, I mean, this guy has, I think, an ERA in the ones. And yes, this team, he's done. I think would have taken a lot to win a World Series. I don't think they're quite there yet, but you never know. Um, but this just took a. This was a huge blow to their chances for sure. Even though they're yeah. playing house money.
0: I mean, they are, and I just didn't think they had the starting pitching to get anywhere. I mean, Kramer hasn't been good in the second half. Flaherty has not been amazing since the trade. I'm just not that confident in their starting pitching anyway. So it does still suck just because they they str- they pulled it down to the studs and sold everybody off and built it all the way back up pretty quickly um, given the circumstances. So I don't know. And also you got to wonder, it's like, If you're using the Kansas City Royals model where you sucked forever and then you were good for like a four-year window and now you suck and you're one of the worst teams in baseball again, it's like, did we just miss our window? Is it never going to happen for us now?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think they want to be more like the Houston model where they can retain some of their players. Remember, when they didn't retain Machado, it was kind of a weird circumstance because they were stuck with the Chris Davis contract. And if they never did that, they would have been able to keep Machado. And amazingly, the Machado run that lasted, I think, six years for them, they were already starting the rebuild process when they traded him. I mean, we still haven't even seen Jackson Holiday yet.
0: Yeah, of who's course. The no.
1: number one prospect in yeah, baseball. He just got drafted and, last
0: year. So. He,
1: and he's already tearing up double A.
0: Yep. No, he'll they, be here, I think he'll they'll be,
1: be here good. early next year.
0: I think they'll be good, but we were saying that about Kansas City. They're going to be good forever, too. <laughs> Look, Hosmer fell off the map after a couple of good seasons with them. The only guy who really stuck around and was able to have a sustained long career was Salvador Perez, who I think is a borderline Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, I mean, they also didn't do what they should have done, which is in 2017, trade those players that had won a World Series with them. Oh, yeah. That that would have reset the organization because if you look at the Orioles, I mean, just, you know they're going to re-sign Rutschman. There's no way they're they're not. And then you've got Gunnar Henderson, you know, you've got obviously Holiday when he comes up. You found Cedric Mullins. I could see them letting him go because one of their other top prospects we've seen a little bit of this year is a center fielder. You got Mount Castle. I think he's a really good player, but I could see if he commands money, them them trading him because um, they're just stocked all over the place. And then you've got Grayson Rodriguez now, who's throwing gas. So yeah, they're they're loaded, man.
0: Yeah, I think they're they are in a better spot than Kansas City. It's just that team. You know, you you need to get over that hump. The one thing KC did is they did win the big one. So.
1: Yeah, they had that two-year run where they, they got to a World Series and then won it, and then yep. it was pretty much over. Um, but remember, they had lost a lot with those guys early when they first started coming up. The Orioles are winning already with True. these guys having it's come another up. another good
0: point, yeah.
1: Redskins only in his second year. They just called up Henderson this year. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. Um, so they've, they've got these guys locked up for a long time, and a lot of these guys are never going to make it for them, which is why I could see them really going out and spending big on free agent pitching we trading for pitching this off season.
0: Yep, that, that's true. All true, All good things. You're right. You're dialed into the Orioles. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully they can win the big one. Let's just talk Yankees very briefly. This is, in my opinion, I don't have the stats off the top of my head to back it up, but it just feels like it. I think this is the worst the Yankees have been since I've been alive.
1: What year were you born?
0: 1994.
1: Yeah, it is. The last <laughs> losing team was 1993.
0: Yep, and it's looking like they're going to finish with a below 500 record.
1: Tom, they haven't won a series since the Royal Series in mid-late July.
0: Do you have anything else to say, or are you just a broken man?
1: It is amazing how bad they are, and I will say it I'm happy they're this
0: bad. I wanted this to happen, kind of.
1: You say that until you realize that they're not – it's it's so weird. Obviously, we have more going on in our lives now. We've talked about it so much. But one thing you could always bank on is no matter how frustrating they are, you know you're planning for to watch some postseason baseball with them involved. Yeah.
0: But the thing is, like, I think I said this a couple of podcasts ago, I, I never saw the Yankees ever being bad enough to where it would get to this point. So maybe this is a kick in the ass at the end of the season, I pray.
1: Well, Cashman came out and said that the team's embarrassed and they're going to look at everything, and I think Hal is going to look at everything. It doesn't seem indicative that Cashman's going to lose his job, but you never know the level of embarrassment because you, you're you right. We, we've seen some teams that did not make the playoffs. We saw some teams that flamed out early in the playoffs. I mean, we talked about last year like it was one of the worst seasons of all time, and they were in the ALCS. So – this is truly rock bottom. And if they finish under 500, everything has to be on the table. And I am at least happy now at this point, you've got Peraza up, you've got Everson Pereira up. Uh, sounds like Wells is coming. Uh, Dominguez is already killing it in AAA and might be coming. That's really what we're watching the rest of the season yep. for, because there's nothing else to hang your hat on other than a Garrett Cole Cy Young and Volpe continues to look really good. I know it's, in an underachieving year for the team. But if you look back in his, I think he's going to be a 2020 guy, which ain't too bad for a 22-year-old rookie.
0: Not at all. Uh, Better season manifested than it felt like day to day. Um, And, yeah, thank God they brought everybody up because I think I would have just stopped being a Yankee fan had they not pulled up the prospects and just let us dwindle there. Um, Yeah. I mean, but you know what? This is when championships are sparked when you finally hit rock bottom and you start to evaluate who you are and what you've got?
1: I used the giants analogy a while ago, and I still continue to believe it's fitting because you know, the Yankees only internally hire Yankee guys, people with Yankee ties. We're doing the, we organize or we have our organizational philosophy this way. We don't change things. Well, you know, you never had to change things because even your bad years, you're winning 90 games. This is as bad as it gets, and you have a generation of fan base that does not know what it's like to have a losing team, and you might have to go outside the box, and Steinbrenner's going to have to make some very difficult decisions with his personnel, and he might say, Cashman, I can't fire you because you still got three years. But uh, I'm going to take some power away from you. And we're going to bring somebody else in who gets to make decisions. And you don't get to – you have to revamp your analytics department. And we're going to bring somebody in to head that.
0: Do yeah. uh, his guys, you think they know how to turn a computer on? No. I mean, they <laughs> look at every single stat. I, I, think, know they're doing, I think they're doing math longhand, long-form math. it's <laughs> so they it's, are. So they're, so they're like 30 years behind all the guys in the other organizations.
1: But, But, you know, Joel Sherman had a great column in the New York Post about it, and he was saying that the Yankees are doing differently what every other team that's building teams is doing now. And he's like, you know, they're still playing like they're playing in 2018-19, which has a juiced baseball, and you're building power-hitting home run guys that strike out a lot. But that's not the direction that baseball's in. You look at the Braves, they hit a lot of home runs, but they also don't strike out a lot, and they run yeah. the bases really well. You look at the Orioles and the team that they are, the Astros and who what they have. It, it's all on down the line. Even the Dodgers, you know, they have older guys like Martinez, and, and you know, Muncie's not a speed guy, but those guys are hitting 300. You know, the Yankees' best hitter is probably average wise Aaron Judge, and he's hitting like high 260s now. So. Mm-hmm. It's really, it, they, they're not doing anything. You see, that the DJ
0: has started to wake up a little bit. What's that? LeMahieu has started to wake up a little bit.
1: Yeah, he's play, he's hitting really well, uh, really since the break. So you hope that that carries over because you got three more years of him. I know. But this starts at the bottom, man. They've produced two everyday players, not counting players that they traded for, like Torres, out of their own system. So you we better see Dominguez play well. You better see guys like Wells and Spencer Jones who just got promoted to Double A. Like we don't promote pitchers. We don't develop pitchers. Like all, how can you have all of these top prospects that never come to fruition? I mean, you would think that even if you hit at a thirty percent chance, you'd be just fine. Uh, they they haven't even done that.
0: Nope, they haven't. They suck. Let's talk college football.
1: Sentence I never thought you'd say. Well, Tom. <laughs> Week zero, which is the dumbest thing of all time, is over. Yeah. Just get some predictions for you, Caleb, your boy. Uh, Does he repeat it as a Heisman? Because he balled out against San Jose State the other day.
0: (laughs) He did? Um, How many repeat Heismans has there been? One. And it was, I'm trying
1: to think. Archie Griffin.
0: Archie Griffin. Uh, Yeah, I don't see that happening again. I just think that, you know, even Tebow didn't do it. Manziel didn't do it um some of the other great college football players of all time even Lionert didn't do it. So, I am going to go, I guess I'll go my prediction of Heisman off the bat. I'm going to go Drake May from North Carolina.
1: I love that. There's a lot of buzz. I think he's yeah. plus 900 the last time I saw.
0: Yeah, and that and that team's very offensive heavy. I've been reading up on my ACC trying to when I was trying to do my predictions and I just think that they're going to be in shootouts every single game so he's just going to put up big fat numbers.
1: This is this is just music to my ears. I love this. So, uh, following the pattern there, segueing into the ACC prediction. Nice. You got North Carolina?
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> I got I got Clemson. Okay. I got Clemson beating Florida State. Florida State's looking better this year. Um, but I have Clemson winning. I think they beat them twice. They beat them. You and I? In their, in their regular season matchup, and then they beat them in the ACC championship game.
1: You and I are going to disagree. I actually have the Seminoles, and I think it mm. starts with the game against LSU uh, this coming Sunday right out of the gate. Oh,
0: you're hoping that they, you're hoping that LSU loses that game, and I don't see it I happening. Hope
1: they, I hope they beat LSU. I think they can beat LSU, and if they do that, they are uh, well on their way. But Clemson's going to be really good.
0: Okay. All right. I think Clemson's going to win it. I think that they're going to get into the four this year. That's just my prediction. Um, All right, want to move on to the Big Ten?
1: The Big Ten, the biggest joke of a conference for the last year before they bring in all the West
0: Coast. I know you hate the Big Ten, such fakers.
1: They are fakers. I have Ohio State. I don't see a world where they lose to Michigan three years in a row.
0: A thousand percent agree with you. I just think also I think this is going to get because Harbaugh already suspended and I just think this is kind of when it turns over to the circus part of Harbaugh and things kind of run downhill and maybe he's looking for a new job in three or four years.
1: I really want to see I like that prediction by the way uh, coming out of the gate hot um, week zero must have done a lot for you. I, I really got to say like I don't know what they're going to do with McCarthy. They don't like to let their quarterbacks turn loose, but he had to in the Ohio State game, and he balled out in the second half. He put up great numbers in the in the playoff game, but also made some terrible interceptions. I, I, they could probably get away with game managing for a while. But
0: They're going to neuter him. They're they going to neuter chances. him. You've seen every, yeah. every horrible since he's gotten to Michigan, I feel like has had a couple of, whether it be four-star or five-star guys, that he gets his transfers or his – freshman coming in and he neuters all of them. I mean, none of them come up to the type of potential that they should be, which is so odd because of, of how he played with luck and then how he played with Kaepernick in the NFL.
1: That's a great point. I, I I don't get it. I mean, again, we've seen times where he's really turned him loose, but we see a lot of times where, like you said, they, he's neutered them. Um, He's the best quarterback he's had in his time in Michigan. But they're going to win their games, and you know it's basically a foregone conclusion. There's some Penn State buzz this year. Uh, mm-hmm. They're supposed to be better. But I think we're on a crash course again for Ohio State-Michigan, and, and I just cannot see Ohio State losing three years in a row.
0: I agree with you. Um, and this is so weird that we're doing all these predictions because none of this shit's going to even matter whenever these conference things go into effect. So stupid, and I hate it. Um, All right, Big 12. Um, This one is important for you because you live down there. I think it's going to be a toss-up between Texas Tech and Kansas State. Texas Tech? No, excuse me, Texas. Uh, My bad. Um, Although I do think Texas Tech is going to be pretty good this year, Um, and I like their head coach. Read up a little bit about Mr. McGuire there. But I do not think that they will be good enough to compete. I think K-State's returning some players, and they were very good last year. But I don't know. I, I think Texas is finally going to be able to turn it around. And I, I really like um, – I've read a lot about their linebacker, Mr. Floyd, Ford. Excuse me. Oh, not yeah, Ford. I wrote his name down.
1: He's a beast. Um, third year of Sark system. You got Ewers, who seems like he's taking this shit a little more seriously. He better. Uh, because he better because arch is waiting in the wings. Uh, talent wise, Tom, this team's the best in the conference and it's not even close. You got TCU who's going to take a step back. Uh, K state is, I think the next favorite. I think if you want to pick them, it's, it's not a bad call. They've got their quarterback back. I'm going to roll with uh,
0: Texas though.
1: I'm going to roll with Texas too, because of the talent they've got the receivers. Uh, obviously worthy is back. Uh, they brought in the kid from Georgia who's a stud. Um, and again, I think you were, he was the best quarterback prospect in the country. Uh, we saw glimpses of it last year, like in the Oklahoma game, but we saw a lot of games where he didn't play great. I um, think he takes his job a little more seriously. The talent should win out. Their offensive line—they're returning every single one of their starters yep. from last year, which is huge. And even with Bijan out, they have a more. They still have plenty of talent in the running game. So no I doubt. like Texas as well.
0: Yeah, and and um, Arch is not redshirting, so no, he's not. You know, the QB better step up. Because 2. if not, he may lose a million jump.
1: dollars of NIL money this year.
0: That's sick. <laughs> that is sick. I would take ten. Um <laughs> All right. On to my conference. And this conference right. is getting sh- absolutely shredded <laughs> in like a year. Like, is, this conference even gonna, four, baby. is this yeah, I was gonna say, is this conference even gonna exist? No, Probably not. I think next
1: all the other team, the other, all the other teams, the four other teams are going to become independents. Or the day across.
0: that the day that they say the ESPN ticker goes across, it's going to say. Pac 12 disbands, no longer exists and then the next circle say Bill Walton dies of a broken heart.
1: <laughs> the Conference of Champions
0: is <laughs> no longer a conference at all. <laughs>
1: it's no longer a conference.
0: Um I got obviously you know who I have in this one. USC yeah. and the number 2 Heisman just because like you said only one guy has ever won it twice. He'll he'll be he'll have the numbers and he'll be deserving of getting it but I just don't think he's going to win it twice so I got USC and Caleb being the at least the the player of the year in the Pac-12.
1: I have Oregon. Uh, I have Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks winning this conference. Um, I I was leaning his second
0: year coming from Auburn.
1: Yeah, and he put up prolific numbers last year. Um, And Oregon's usually what makes you think
0: they're going to be my Trojans?
1: Your defense sucks.
0: Yeah. I know
1: it's actually laughable. They almost gave up 30 points to San Jose state. They can't play defense. I mean, Caleb we saw last year did everything in his possible power to score 50 a game and win, but Utah, you know, they, they beat them twice. Uh, it's, it's going right through a paper bag. I don't, I don't see a world where it gets better. They're going to score plenty of points, but the the that, that defense sucks.
0: How does coach prime look? The guy who decided to go to a Power Five conference that's <laughs> no longer going to be a Power Five conference. He might be. Uh, he might be reevaluating well, They're
1: going that. back
0: to the Big Twelve. Oh okay, okay. So I didn't realize this, the Colorado this is the only that Colorado was. in the 12 How do you uh, think? How do you think he performs this year?
1: I think the team's going to be better because it's going to be hard not to be. It's going to be hard not to be. Yeah. Uh, but I think they'll be all right. That they're, they're not going to be great, but I think this is a good year to evaluate. They don't have but
0: enough talent have. to be great yet.
1: No, but But, they can get themselves ready for the Big Twelve
0: for sure. All right, Uh, this is probably our final conference because it's our our last Power Five. I don't think you want to talk. We don't
1: care about the American UConn
0: football. football. Um, Although you know, you kind of hit me with a blindside shot there when you said UConn's going to leave the Big East. That makes me sad.
1: Yeah, it's not official yet, but it sounds like the Big Twelve wants him. So stupid. Yeah, but you know what? They need it to pay Hurley. I could see it now. Hurley would want a better contract, and that also with NIL, and they're not going to be able to pay their players as much as they'd want to because they're not going to be in a Power 5 conference. It fucking sucks, but that's reality. I mean,
0: it's just a quandary. It's like, no offense to UConn because, well, their football program is, is nothing. And I know they have a great basketball program, but then you go into the Big Ten, whatever the hell it's going to be called, Um, or the big 12 or whatever. And it's, it's like, you want to be the eighth best team there or the eighth, uh, on, on like name recognition or whatever you want to call it, marketability. You want to be like the 10th best school there, or do you want to be the best team in the big East? It's just, it kills me.
1: Well, if it was, if it was basketball driven and there, this was not the era of NIL and it was not about having to pay, you know, Calhoun was one of the highest paid coaches for a long time. Um, but you know he had a loyalty to UConn. I think Hurley, there's going to come the day where Kansas or some team like that that gets tired of losing because they're the guy that was handpicked as the successor to the legend doesn't pan out, and you know, yeah. Duke or North Carolina offers Hurley twelve million a year, and he says I'd love to stay at UConn, but we're playing. I with the think babies. he.
0: <laughs> but my thing is like if I'm the AD or the president or whoever, I'm looking at it. And you, if you're making that argument to me, I'm saying, listen, man, I think he leaves either way. <laughs> so.
1: It's it's possible. You know? I just don't want him to have the choice. I don't want it to be because of money. If yeah, you want to go no,
0: go. I agree. I just I don't I don't see why it would be. I I I don't see their football program making them enough money for it to be worth it. But I guess the conference name alone would make them enough money. And the some of the right. sharing of the deal. Yeah.
1: When they went to the AAC, the AAC was new, and that football conference didn't have anything that made the basketball worth it. If they go to the Big 12, you know, you're playing Kansas, you're playing Kansas State, you're playing Colorado, you're playing uh, Texas Tech. You are playing better teams um, that at least have real television deals. And, yeah, the rivalries won't matter. But what did college rivalries mean anymore anyway? True. The UConn doesn't play Syracuse. uh, They don't play Villanova. um, They already were in exile in the AAC all those years. It's like, hey, you just made a return appearance. They're not a Catholic school and the Big East is all Catholic schools, pretty much minus them.
0: Yeah, but they love God, so they what? They love God and Jesus. They
1: do love God. And God loves them.
0: Yes. Um, alright, let's let's get back to it. Let's talk about the SEC. Our final conference here. I'm I'm just sticking with Georgia.
1: <laughs> it's hard not to, man. Yeah. It's, I just it's hard think, not
0: to. I think it's their time right now. I feel like SEC teams, you get a couple-year rule, and then it rolls over to the next one. I think Texas A&M might be the next team. I think okay. Jimbo has a turnaround year. They might be the next team to um, take over, but I don't think it's for a few years. I think Georgia still has its reign.
1: Well, if it's a few years, Jimbo won't be there because uh, they've given him a long leash already, and if you don't start winning immediately in those at those kind of schools, you don't get a chance to I think.
0: A bold prediction this year. I think that two SEC teams make it, and I think it's Georgia, and I think it's Texas A&M.
1: Fuck, man. That is a bold prediction. I like it. I was going to go Georgia-LSU. I I really like LSU, and if Daniels um, plays – I mean, there's some Heisman buzz around him. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kelly clearly did a great job his first year there. For as big of a fraud as he is, that man can coach football. Um, <laughs> he's you know, going
0: to win this... the big one and make us all eat our words.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because he has, you know, he's had the chance before, but he never had the talent. Now he has the talent. But yep. Alabama, I want to roll with. I just don't think I can because Jalen Milroe is going to be the starter. And even though he's a good quarterback, I can't talk myself into this is going to be another Jake Coker-type season. <laughs>
0: you're missing where... you're missing Bre- Bryce Young, and Bryce Young is missing your offensive line.
1: <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And Bill O'Brien left uh, as OC to go back to the Patriots, so there's going to have to be a little bit of a change in personnel there and, and, and scheme.
0: What about Matty Pepe? Some... He's got some no, experience at, at no, OC good. now. No, you're good? We're okay. Good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. I wouldn't uh, let him if you were like, "Hey, I'm thinking about uh, I'm thinking about coaching Pop Warner here as my little thing to give back. I'm thinking about bringing, <laughs> thinking about bringing in Maddie PP as my have OC." That man and that look and that
1: beard anywhere near kids. <laughs> I'm
0: thinking about bringing him in as my OC. I'd be like, I, I don't think he's gonna last.
1: <laughs> no, the the parents are gonna say you got That guy's gotta. You gotta
0: stay. get rid of him.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's gotta be at least 500 yards from a, from a children's football field.
0: True. <laughs> well, no
1: allegations just just saying his appearance isn't great so who um, who do you
0: have winning the sec because you just I gave me your easy e- okay that's because
1: even with the new quarterback i mean they're gonna be fine they're gonna win so many games with their defense and again kirby smart i think you said it well man it goes through it goes through trends in the sec and it's all georgia right now i, I think bama has a chance everybody who wants to write them out says you know oh they lost last year they lost a crazy game to Tennessee, who I still think is going to be really good, and I know your boy's coming in next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's there. they right lost on a two-point conversion to LSU. So it's not like they got their asses handed to them, and Bryce did miss some games. But this is one of those classic change, you know, transition years for Alabama where before they get their five-star quarterback in. So I think they're going to be good, but I like LSU more out of the West, and Georgia's a juggernaut.
0: You know, I just looked at a picture of Saban. I hate to tell you, man. He looks old.
1: Oh, he looks old as shit. Stressful year last year. It's stressful year every year. <laughs> yeah, that's By true. Way, did you speaking of the SEC? Did you watch that uh, that Swamp Kings docu series on the Gators? The
0: I did. Guy? I did. Such blasphemy. But we knew that was going to happen. All these people up in arms about how it was biasly created or whatever you want to say how the fuck do you think that you're gonna get Tim Tebow urban <laughs> Meyer and whomever else in this thing is if you talk about it like it was you know the molding of men and that you did you were such a good guy and whatever like I I didn't watch the credits but I guarantee you all those guys are fucking executive producers and get a check for this too like there's that whoever is complaining about it is so stupid.
1: Oh, I just enjoyed it because, I, uh, to your point, I knew exactly what it was going to be. So fluff you
0: piece. It. It's a fluff piece.
1: Yeah. It, it's a fluff piece. It's an Urban Meyer suck fest. And it's, he's putting
0: it out it, there because he's ready to get back on the wagon and he wants another coaching go. job.
1: Yep, and I just don't think... You know, you could possibly have a worse image after what happened in Jacksonville. And I, and I think he's there.
0: good on TV, by the way. Yeah, I, think, he is. I think if he didn't do what he did in Jacksonville, he'd be even better because I feel like he left a lot of people with very sour taste in their mouth. But I still think he's great on TV.
1: Well, you saw in the documentary, I mean, documentary air quotes, but like he doesn't take losing well. And he didn't even lose that much. So, if you're losing one game a year, two games a year, and that's the end of the world for you, imagine doing that on a weekly basis in the NFL. And the other thing too is, obviously, we heard everything after he got fired. He tried talking to these kids like college, or these pros like college kids, and you can't do that. And also, too, I don't think you can talk to college kids anymore the way that you talked to them back, in even as recently as eight years ago when he was at OSU, because. Not NIL five NIL stars.
0: Maybe if you're coaching, last chance of you. But yeah, there you go. Not, f- not fucking five stars that are going to be you know in the NFL. They yeah, don't. don't want to hear that. As
1: much money as you, based on yeah. the NIL deals. So. And nobody's
0: ever spoke to them that way in their lives. So right. yeah, no, I agree. Speaking of NIL, I just looked up how much my boy Nico, whatever he's already at Tennessee. By the way, uh, is making. You want to know? Uh, in
1: Knoxville, Tennessee. How much is did you say,
0: longer? Cooper Manning's, uh, or whatever 2. his name?
1: Two point six million for Arch.
0: Arch, I'm sorry. That's Cooper is uh, the is other fine. son. Yeah. Um. You want to guess?
1: Is it more than that?
0: <laughs> it's a lot more than that. Wow. Eight million dollars.
1: Uh, how much?
0: Eight. Ocho.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it.
0: Yeah, so that's my boy. Uh, I'm going to be transferring to play with him, to root for him, for the right to root for him. Um,
1: the right to root for him. I love that. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You got anything else?
1: Yeah, well, let's name our four teams. Who's in Ooh. the college football playoff the last year of the four teams?
0: Clemson, USC. I forgot it's the last year of the four teams, too. A lot of change next year. I'm going to have to really prepare next year. Clemson, USC, Texas A&M, and Georgia, your number one overall team.
1: Love it. I Running have the table, number, undefeated. I have Georgia. I have Ohio State. I have LSU. And I have the Longhorns.
0: Whoa. Okay. All right. We got two Texas teams in there. Okay. Um, Sorry, something just came across my screen here, a highlight of uh, – are you watching the FIBA?
1: I – I'm not. I watched. Uh, I watched. What was it? Saturday, but I heard they killed Greece today.
0: Team Villanova is looking pretty good.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Um. But all right. We named our four. Sorry to get. Get
1: my hands off of Mikael Bridges. He's very happy in Brooklyn.
0: <laughs> yes. Sorry. Sorry to uh, get ADD here and and have to bring that up. But it is a sport, so I got to bring it up. Um, <laughs> and and we care about it. Um, we do. I'm excited to see that Canada game too. All right, who's your, RJ who's your
1: looks good?
0: Yes. As and and um SGA looks like a top 5 player in a league. Like he like he earned this year by getting first team all NBA. Um all right. Final question, who's in the Natty and who wins it?
1: I have LSU beating Ohio State.
0: Wow. All right. I got Georgia winning it again. Much to your dismay. And I'm okay if they win. I think Clemson's gonna I think Clemson's gonna um lose to them in the national championship game.
1: Okay. So you got them three Peaton.
0: I do. I do. I just think it's Georgia's time.
1: I do too. But even though those great Florida and Bama years, they did have years where they lost national championships. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to see the new quarterback for Georgia and how that all works. Also, LSU, I'm picking them because of their upside. I could see a world, too, where like they don't even make the SEC championship game. I mean, the West, no, But their upside is so good. Um, and I do think Texas, in a more gettable Big 12, uh, has their chance before they uh, head into the SEC next year. Yeah, Crazy I was gonna times.
0: say take advantage.
1: Yeah, it's Crazy their, times. it's
0: really their fault. And who's the other team that went with them? Was it USC? Oklahoma. Oh no, Oklahoma. They're the ones who started this bullshit.
1: I mean, it's the most like, recent, more like it. Just doesn't have any consistency anymore. It's like okay, you get the Texas A and M Texas rivalry back, which is great, and you keep the Red River rivalry of Texas and Oklahoma, but like. You're going to be playing fucking Alabama, Auburn. Yeah, this is big-time college football, but, like...
0: There's no history there.
1: There's no history there.
0: No one cares about it anymore, man. All the people that give a shit about history are going to be dead by the time these, these conferences really get set up anyways.
1: I think you just have to embrace the fact that we are going to have two leagues... With spread out geographically because they can't keep this. No matter how much we want to admit that these are basically minor leagues now for the real leagues with college basketball and college football, like you can't ask students to travel from Eugene, Oregon out to Piscataway, New Jersey for a regular season October conference game. That's bullshit.
0: I, who's in Piscataway, New Jersey?
1: Rutgers. Oh. Another Big Ten team.
0: Yeah, I guess. I don't
1: Oregon know. and Oregon and Rutgers will be in the same conference in 12 months.
0: <laughs> what did I say, man? I said go independent, get rid of all conferences, and everybody gets an individual sponsor. It's not that yeah. hard.
1: And you're going to see Oregon State. You're going to see Cal. You're going to see Stanford. Hey, you
0: know you're what? You're producing see- this much money. Every team's got to get a private jet now. You, If you want to fly... If you want to fly, I think you got to put a cap on your miles for the year, and if you want to fly any amount over that amount of miles, because these are technically student athletes still, if you want to feed me that crock of shit, then you got oh, to fly. You, you got to charter. You got to charter everything.
1: Yep, that's for sure. And no, you can't sell it anymore. I mean, with NIL and all that already in in the bag, uh, you can't consider these kids student athletes based off the travel you're now making them have. They're not students at all. They're athletes. They are there for a reason, and that's to play, and that's to be drafted. And the NCAA is no longer a governing body. Now you just have these – you they have no control over anything. So you just have these conference uh, commissioners, and you saw how well that worked out for the Pac-12 over the last 10 years. So it's just going to eventually – turn into two leagues like we talked about with Will. And I think from a geographical standpoint and maintaining certain rivalries, because even though you're right, I agree with you, that history is not going to really matter, there's still geographical territory. Like The biggest thing down here with Texas is that they're hoping once they start playing Texas A&M every year again next year that they bring back the annual Thanksgiving game because I guess that was a huge deal. So
0: Played a Jerry World probably?
1: I think they traded off home and home.
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess you wouldn't play it at Jerry World because they play – don't they play Jerry World? They play – the Cowboys play.
1: Yeah, they play play Oklahoma there every year.
0: Well, yeah, and on Thanksgiving the Cowboys, like the actual Dallas Cowboys play a game. Yes, they do
1: every year. Correct. He's not giving that up.
0: No, not at all. Um, I think we covered it, man. Anything else from you? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna care. I just can't care about all this other bullshit. I just want to enjoy the football. That's it.
1: Well, your prep was great. Your attitude about it was awesome. We capped off a really good golf year. Looking forward to the Ryder Cup. It
0: was exciting, man. It was like, it was like how I was like I was.
1: How'd I do on a, on a scale of one to ten? How'd I
0: do? Oh, golf wise. Yeah. Well, perfect ten. We'll we'll save that for Jesus Christ himself. So I'd give you a nine point eight.
1: I meant in terms of just enthusiasm. Attitude, oh, that's and that's, that's and a 10 out of
0: 10, 11 players. out of 10. I thought you did a great job. Um, it was just nice because, you know, baseball, uh, if I'm not trying to get into a show, if I'm waiting for Kayla to do something and we're about to go out, it's nice to put on college football. I did it this Saturday. Of course, all the games most likely were blowouts, but it was nice to catch a couple of games here and there.
1: It is nice, man. It, it's good background, and there's enough intriguing matchups. and I, I'm really going to – enjoy this season because it's the last of you know every reason i've told you why you need to get into it yeah all those reasons are going to be gone i know so.
0: it is tough but hey we'll take it with a grain of salt and i can just use it as a scouting opportunity that's just how i'm looking at it
1: and you're gonna be you're you know you're gonna be uh heading over to knoxville so
0: exactly so one more year in la that's it for Transfer
1: me portal is alive and well baby
0: yep go trojans right. for the year
1: that's it um, Tom, we got Will coming up probably late this week or next weekend uh, for our preview
0: Yep, very exciting stuff I've, I've really started combing into the over-unders Got to repeat, have another big year So it'll be coming out soon, I'm very excited
1: Me too, man, it's going to be a good one Everybody uh, have a great day and uh, Tom will be back soon
0: Yes, we will, everybody enjoy the week <laughs> Bye. Uh-huh.